Last week, Terrence Davis did what a lot of everyday investors have been doing lately. He jumped into the frenzy of trading that was sending stocks like GameStop and AMC soaring. I bought five shares of AMC and 8.4 shares of Nokia. Terrence bought those stocks on Wednesday and settled in to watch how his trades would play out. I had a couple of YouTube streams on by a guy named Matt Kors. What is going on, Moon Gang? What a freaking exciting day. I was watching his live stream on YouTube and J.J. Buckner. Everyone's saying take profit, hold, take profit, run with the money. People are saying buy AMC. So I'm watching them. I have my phone up, watching the Robin Hood app, and just seeing nothing but green. I was very excited. Like I said, I'm literally sitting up there watching my money grow. Wednesday was a good day for Terrence. AMC was up more than 300%, and Nokia was up almost 40%. But the next day, when Terrence logged on to Robinhood, the app he was trading on, he noticed something strange. The next morning, I noticed that none of my trades would go through. Anytime I would place an order for more shares of AMC, it would cancel the order. I kind of thought to myself that my app was acting up. So let me shut it down, wait a couple, come back, and just nothing. I couldn't execute orders, couldn't put anything in. And then that's when I noticed a lot of users were saying the same thing. So first and foremost, what I got to look at is Robinhood apparently is not letting anyone purchase AMC, Nokia, GameStop. Are you kidding me? Robinhood, the stock trading app that Terrence and a lot of other amateur investors use, had just made an unprecedented move. The app was blocking users from buying the buzziest stocks on the market, just as those stocks were surging in value. And people were not amused. This is insane. Like, is it legal? Can they just block that? Like, I'm saying- Get the F out of here. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, February 1st. Coming up on the show, why Robinhood stopped people from buying some of the hottest stocks and what the backlash could mean for the app's future. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Robinhood wasn't the only online brokerage to stop people from buying hot stocks last week. E-Trade, Webull, and Interactive Brokers all did basically the same thing. But Robinhood took most of the heat for it. Our colleague Peter Rudiger covers Robinhood, and he says the backlash is partly because of how Robinhood has tried to transform trading, starting with the app itself. What sets Robinhood apart is... It's designed for kind of the modern smartphone era. So its app doesn't look like a Bloomberg screen with a million different colors and prices and arrows and charts that you don't understand what it means. It looks like kind of like a typical social media or gaming app sometimes. It has Netflix style recommendations for what stocks 
you might be interested in investing in. It has confetti. So that's one thing that sets them apart. The other is just their business model. Before Robinhood came along, most brokerages charged a commission, say 10 bucks or 30 bucks for every trade. But Robinhood made trading free. And the company said it was more than just a business model. It was a mission. It was selling itself to users as this democratizing force, right? We can make investing simple. We can make it easy. You can take on, you know, the big incumbents and make money in a way that maybe you couldn't before because we're leveling the playing field. You know, the the founders of the company have talked about being inspired by the Occupy Wall Street movement. So Robinhood was really wanting to spread wealth around like their namesake to, you know, take from the rich and give to the poor. That message resonated with a lot of users, including Terrence Davis, the guy who'd bought those shares of AMC and Nokia. Terrence used to work for a moving company, but he quit his job in October. I frequently see my mom and dad, and my mom, bless, is a uh, cancer survivor. Honestly, working throughout the pandemic, I was very paranoid, honestly, of uh, coming in contact with the public. So it got to a point where just my paranoia got to me, so I said, uh, I kind of want to leave the job. I don't want to put my mom at risk. Lately, he's been supporting himself with his savings and investing in the stock market. How did you first hear about Robinhood? A couple of the guys I worked with throughout the moving job, there were college kids from the college town that I was in, but um, most of them were business majors. So every now and then between our destinations on, on moves, I would just kind of strike up conversations about the stock market. And that's basically when I heard that Robinhood was a pretty good app. It was uh, commission-free. The UI or user interface was very user-friendly. It was easy enough to use that way. Even if you was a beginning trader, you wouldn't feel lost. So, I mean, I love the concept of that. I mean, the fact that they were looking out for the little guys, like you didn't have to be some type of big-time investor. You didn't have to be a suit. It felt like they knocked down all barriers, like nothing was really like restraining you from actually like trading with the big boys, you know? Terrence started trading on Robinhood in January, which was a pretty wild month for the stock market. A group of individual investors, many from the Reddit forum Wall Street Bets, had all started buying stock in GameStop, a company that sells physical video games in brick-and-mortar stores and normally wouldn't seem like a good investment. But that decision to buy GameStop sent its stock into the stratosphere. And soon, those same investors started piling onto other stocks like Nokia and AMC. Terrence bought some of those stocks on Robinhood, and so did a lot of other people. Robinhood became synonymous with retail investing for the crowd that was following GameStop on Reddit. People would just come to the app, you know, download it, immediately start trading in shares of these hot stocks. At first, Peter says, this was great for Robinhood. Over just a few days last week, more than half a million people opened new Robinhood accounts. The app shot to number one in the Apple App Store, and its revenue surged. Robinhood makes most of its money off trading activity, so every time someone buys a share, Robinhood can earn money in ways around that transaction. So more volume is better for Robinhood in terms of more revenue. However, there is a downside to more volume, and it's to do with the plumbing of financial markets that most people don't know exists and most people uh, don't need to know exists, except in crazy times of stress and mania like we saw last week. When did it start to become clear that the surge in trading could actually be a problem for Robinhood? 
I'd say the come-to-Jesus moment was on Thursday morning. On Thursday morning, Robinhood got a big bill from its clearinghouse. A clearinghouse is another business that works with Robinhood on the back end to actually carry out the trades that happen on the app. Most people don't know this, but when you swipe on a Robinhood app that you want to buy a stock, uh, it looks like that transaction is done in seconds. That really kind of conceals the complexity of what's happening. And the way the stock market works in the U.S. is it takes multiple days to go from booking that trade to the underlying cash being exchanged for the actual stock you're getting. And so to manage that lag, and sometimes trades go awry in those few days, sometimes people don't have the money and there's a rejection of funds, clearinghouses ask brokers like Robinhood to put up additional deposits just to guard against potential losses. Every day, clearinghouses would tell Robinhood how much money they needed to keep that day's trades running smoothly. That number, which is essentially like a bill, is based on how many trades are happening on Robinhood and how risky they are. And in times of mania, in times of stress, those requests get higher and higher and steeper and steeper. So what happened on Thursday morning was Robinhood got a message from one of its clearinghouses that it had to post a sharp increase in deposits ahead of that day's trading. So how much did the clearinghouse want Robinhood to pay? How big was that bill? So according to Robinhood's CEO, it was about $3 billion. Wow. Yeah, and that's about a tenfold increase from what they usually pay. And all that was just from GameStop trades and other stocks like it? Right. So when Robinhood gets that big bill from its clearinghouse on Thursday morning, did it have the money to pay it? Yes. This was not a kind of crisis situation that day. Robinhood is very well capitalized, but while it could meet that day's bill, if it got a similar bill uh, the following day, if it went up by, you know, two times the day after that, they were just seeing a scenario in which very quickly they could be in a, a tight spot. To avoid that tight spot, Robinhood needed a cash infusion, a big one. But in the short term, the company decided it had to lower its bill from the clearinghouse. It had to get that $3 billion number down. And one way to do that was by limiting the amount of risky trading happening on its platform. They decided to put restrictions on trading in some of these very sought-after stocks. So with GameStop, with about 12 other stocks that had been going up by, you know, hundreds of percent, over a thousand percent in a short period of time, Robinhood said, you can no longer buy the stock as of Thursday. You can sell it if you own it, but if you come to the app and type in GameStop, you're going to see an error message when you try to buy it. That decision helped Robinhood lower its $3 billion bill all the way down to $700 million. So Robinhood paid its bill that day, but it meant that people like Terrence couldn't buy certain stocks. Terrence had high hopes for AMC and Nokia. He hoped they could be the next GameStop. But now, with many day traders barred from buying the hottest stocks and only being allowed to sell them, AMC and Nokia's stock prices started to tumble. On Wednesday, Terrence had been seeing nothing but green. Now, it was nothing but red. To see that halted right in front of you, and that tore my soul up. Like, that is not cool. Why did it hurt you so bad? Honestly, during this whole hype with GameStop, one of the greatest things I saw 
was that these people that the media were portraying like, oh, these young punks are just, they don't know what to do with their money. They're just greedy. They don't know what they're doing. They're probably going to blow it on something stupid. When I saw people that I guess made gains, big gains from GameStop, saying stuff like, hey, I just paid off my student debt or I just bought my parents a house. I helped my sister with MS. When I started seeing that and noticed that I could potentially do that for my, like I said, my family, my mom's been through a hell of a lot. She had a double mastectomy. I mean, cancer is an expensive disease. Like I said, me and my family aren't doing the best right now. I mean, we're not down and out, but we definitely could be doing a lot better. And if I could have sparked that, it would have made me feel good. But like I said, it's, I couldn't do anything. Just literally sat there and just watched the, uh, the stocks plummet. Terrence wasn't the only Robinhood user who was upset. I get an email alert every time there's a new lawsuit filed against the company or anytime there's a new corporate filing. And I was getting updates for Robinhood, you know, about once every hour. As in lawsuits were being filed once every hour against Robinhood? Yeah, by consumers who were just angry that they couldn't trade, that Robinhood was locking them out of trades that they wanted to make. It wasn't just lawsuits. Angry day traders picketed Robinhood's offices. The hashtag delete Robinhood spread on social media. And on Google's App Store, Robinhood's rating temporarily fell from four stars to one. Robinhood's whole ethos was lowering barriers to entry in financial markets, right, to make it easier to invest. That's the whole reason people came to Robinhood in the first place. And now some of them just got to Robinhood this week. They discover that contrary to that ethos that they'd been told, Robinhood is actually introducing new barriers to investing and making it harder for some folks. At first, Robinhood didn't do much to explain why it had made this unprecedented move. A lot of people found out about the restrictions the way Terrence did, when their trades wouldn't go through. And in that information vacuum, they drew their own conclusions about why Robinhood did what it did. People's thoughts went to kind of more ulterior motives. So, you know, one of the reasons people were cheering this whole populist mania in investing was that it caused pain for some hedge funds that had been betting on stocks like GameStop to go down. Now, when Robinhood comes in and says, you know, we're not going to let you trade in these names and don't really give a reason for it, their minds immediately go to Wall Street is closing ranks, you know, against us that, you know, they saw our power and they wanted to stop us before it went any further. Robinhood had a user uprising on its hands, but it also had a financial problem to solve. If it wanted to let people trade hot stocks again, it would need a lot of money, fast. After the break, Robinhood goes looking for cash. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. 
With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever. And you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. When Robinhood got the message Thursday morning that it'd have to put up a big deposit ahead of the day's trading, it was able to pay the bill. But the sticker shock was worrying. If these stocks kept surging for days or weeks, and if hundreds of thousands of new users kept signing up to trade them, the company would need a lot more money. So uh, after Robinhood gets the bill from its clearinghouse, it immediately starts working the phones among its base of venture capital investors and says, we want to raise additional money to head off any potential future problems we could have with these excess deposits we're being asked to make. So in the span of a couple hours, Robinhood's existing investors, more than a dozen of them, came together and committed a billion dollars. And they wired that money, a lot of it, to Robinhood by the close of business that day. That seems extraordinary. A billion dollars in a day? Yeah. I've been covering this industry for a while and deals like this for a while. I have never heard of a deal of this size, $1 billion, closing in just a few hours. Why did Robinhood's investors, why were they so willing to put up all this cash for Robinhood? Well, I think it's not very often that a financial app goes viral. In my time covering this beat, I think Coinbase went to number one in like the Bitcoin craze of 2017. But I can't think of another time uh, a finance app hit number one until Robinhood did it last week. So when you have kind of viral growth in a way that Robinhood experienced, you don't want to lose that. So I think investors viewed it as an opportunity and one that they didn't want to pass up. But even this huge injection of cash didn't completely solve Robinhood's problem. So Friday morning, very early Friday morning, the company announces that thanks to this recent capital infusion, they are going to be able to open up some of these restricted stocks that they had closed down on Thursday. So GameStop and about 12 other names, you were only limited to selling them on Thursday. Now you can buy them in limited amounts. So that brought a lot of people back to the platform, and GameStop kind of surged. However, because the situation is so fast-moving and kind of the risk requirements are so fast-moving, Robinhood had reintroduced new limits on them just on Friday afternoon. On Friday, the number of restricted stocks on Robinhood grew to 51. That number has since fallen. And today, Peter broke the news that Robinhood had raised another $2.4 billion dollars a staggering amount that could help them lift even more restrictions. For some users, though, it might be too late. Do you think you'll keep using the Robinhood app? That's a hard question, honestly. Um, I don't. I honestly don't think so. Unless they come up with some damn good, I'm sorry for the language, if they come up with some doggone good damage control or spin to give me some type of, um, I guess, clarity of what actually went on, I'm really not going to use it. I might see how my, uh, I actually bought Dogecoin kind of as a meme because of what else going on. So I'm going to see how my Dogecoin plays out. But once this crypto wave ends, I'm honestly looking for other firms, other uh, online brokerages. They just hurt. Peter, do you see any lessons in the saga? 
I think, as is often the, the lesson when I write about financial companies, is that finance is really complicated. There's this vast infrastructure behind apps like Robinhood and financial plumbing. And usually we don't care about financial plumbing and we don't have to, right? You don't really think about the pipes in your building unless your toilet's broken and you can't flush it, right? And now you kind of have the equivalent in financial markets of you don't really need to know what clearinghouses are unless there's kind of a breaking point. And we kind of reached something close to that the past few weeks. And what about for Robinhood? More complicated for them is how do they reckon with this ethos that they've tried to put out there and trumpet about them democratizing access to finance and markets while at the same time now being associated with a very loud portion of users as trying to raise the barriers to entry. And I don't know how they kind of square that circle and do both. That's all for today, Monday, February 1st. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.